Ezekiel 37 and verse 1. The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to, the, to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that, were, that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. A rattling noise all across the valley. Bones, the bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath. And he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Say to the winds, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds, speak to these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies, and they all came to life, and they stood to their feet, a great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, they are saying, they are saying, we have become old dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore, prophesy to them and say, this is what God is saying. Oh, my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, oh, my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and you will return to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. This is a passage that inspired this series. And what I love about this passage is it begins with a tragic ending and it ends with a miraculous beginning. Not everything in your life that looks like it is the end is the end. It begins with a tragic ending and it ends with a miraculous beginning. And God takes the prophet Ezekiel and he carries him away. I hope that we're not too cool for school in the year 2021. I still want to be the kind of Christian that God takes hold of me and I get carried away. I'm just never going to be a contained Christian. We don't need to be religious people. We don't need to be baptized in prune juice believers. I think I'm getting a bit sick sometimes of Christians who are, God is moving in the room and it's like you could not tell by their countenance that there is anything different. You would look at them and you think, could be doing your tax return. 
but God is in that place. I want to be the kind of Christian that God takes hold of me and I get carried away. Am I talking to anybody in the year 2021 still willing to get carried away by the Spirit of the Lord? The Bible tells us that the, the Spirit of the Lord takes Ezekiel and he brings him to a valley that is filled with dry bones. It's filled with dry bones. And God doesn't just take him to the valley. He says, I want you to walk amongst the valley. He took him, among, took him amongst the breadth of the valley, all of the valley. He's walking around in this environment and all around in his feet is dry bones. He's in a place that is representing for us a disaster, a place of fear, a place of chaos, a place of loss place of confusion. Still to this day, whenever we want to discourage, or certainly in olden times, when people wanted to discourage people from entering any environment, what they would do is take human bones and erect them in some kind of, you know, display to discourage people. It's a sign that you should not go there. And here we have Ezekiel. Ezekiel is a prophet. He has never been near anything unclean. He's trying to keep himself in a place of surrenderedness and preparedness for all that God wants to speak through him. And suddenly he is walking in a valley that's full of dry bones. Ezekiel is in a place he doesn't want to be. He's in a place he doesn't want to be. And when I think about that and I think about our lives, I think sometimes in life, we find ourselves in places where we don't want to be. Ezekiel is walking in a valley of dry bones. And if I can be honest with you, at times in my life, I feel like I've been walking in a valley of dry bones. There have been moments for me, and I'm sure there's been moments for you, when I've been in places of fear, of chaos, of confusion, I've certainly been in moments in my life where I would rather flee than stay. And here we have Ezekiel, and he is walking in a valley of dry bones. He's in a place that he does not want to be. And I think you've been there too. When you get a health report, and the lump is beginning to grow on the inside of your body, and you don't yet know what it is, but you just know that now this is in you. The truth is, it's your reality now but it's a place you don't want to be. When the relationship ends and you thought that she was the one and now you're all alone in the world and what you were pinning your hopes on is no longer there, the truth is sometimes it's confusing. It's chaos. It's confusion. You're walking in a valley of dry bones. When our failings bring on us shame and loss, anybody been there? You can walk in the valley of dry bones. And you don't have to turn too far in the Scriptures to find biblical heroes who walked in valleys of dry bones. I mean, the first person that came to my mind when I thought of this, of being in a place where everything that you thought was going to happen didn't happen. When it all comes tragically tumbling down, when I think of that, I immediately think of Abraham. Because we know the end of Abraham's life, right? But imagine being Abraham in Genesis chapter 15. 
Because the Bible tells us God speaks to Abraham and He says, I'm going to make you into a great nation. I want you to leave your people, leave your father's house, go to a land that is not your own. And obeying God's promise that He would have descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand in the seashore, Abraham left it all. He dwelt the rest of his life amongst people who spoke languages that were not native to him. He was always the odd one out, believing for a child, believing for the promise, believing God's dream was gonna come to pass in his life. After 25 years on this journey also, Sarah goes through menopause and there is now no longer any physical potential that they're gonna give birth to a child. So in Genesis chapter 15, the Lord turns up and He says, don't be afraid, Abraham. And we discover the reason that God said, don't be afraid, is because Abraham was. You're not the first person to fear that it's all coming tumbling down. And you certainly won't be the last. Don't be afraid. Abraham said, but Lord, there is no child. Everything I have is going to go to Eliezer of Damascus. All this dream has come to an end. There is no hope for me now. There is no child for me. There is no future. I mean, I feel like you're with me, but this is all about to come tumbling down. Abraham in Genesis 15 is lying on his bed at night, but he's walking in a valley of dry bones. Martha. Martha's brother Lazarus becomes sick. And Lazarus and Jesus are already close friends. And Martha is thinking to herself, Jesus is going to turn up. She sends word. Martha sends word. Jesus, come pray for him. And she pins her hopes on the thought that if Jesus comes, this is all going to turn around. I want to share this because sometimes in our lives, we only have faith for things to go according to our timetable. We tend to think that if God doesn't move within the time frame that we've allocated for Him, that somehow He has forgotten us and has left us on the side and our faith is now worthless or redundant. Well, the Bible tells us that Martha sent word and said, Jesus, come pray for Lazarus. He's sick. I need you to heal him. Well, a day goes by and Jesus doesn't turn up. Two days go by and Lazarus dies. Martha, who has been pinning everything on Jesus' love for Lazarus, is suddenly overwhelmed and confused and despondent. She's walking through a valley of dry bones. And the Bible simply just tells us about Ezekiel that he is transported into this valley. And this valley is filled with these dry bones. In the Scripture, dry bones are a metaphor, they're a picture, and that's important because some of you read modern translations, and I do too, but sometimes what, they ha what happens is the translators translate something, and in order for it to make sense in the year 2021, they take out the metaphor. Well, when you read dry bones in the Scripture, you need to know that they speak symbolically of so much depth, and you need to understand what is really at stake here, because in Proverbs 17:22, the Bible tells us that Mary, a merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. To have a broken spirit literally means that the life has been kicked out of you. The dream has been knocked out of you. The belief has been broken from you. 
You have a broken spirit. You are alive, full of faith, full of belief, but now you have a broken spirit. It didn't happen. It didn't come to fruition. All around me, there's chaos and confusion. And in fact, the word dry bones literally means, it literally means to be ashamed, confused, and disappointed. Disappointed. I meet too many people who are disappointed. Disappointed with where they are. Disappointed with themselves. Probably number one, disappointed with themselves. Be careful. A broken spirit leaves you disappointed and confused. And in the middle of this horrible place, the Bible tells us that this is the word of the Lord. Son of man. Son of man. I feel like I want to include the girls in the room tonight because we're equal opportunity employers here at Arise Church. Daughter of man. Should I say daughter of woman? I don't know, but obviously Ezekiel just got to get agendas clear. Ezekiel was a man. That's why God said to him, son of man. But God comes to him, and here's the Lord's question for Ezekiel. He says, son of man, can these bones become living people? Can these bones become living people? You're looking at this situation and you're saying there is no hope here, no life here, no potential here, no future here. But here is my question for you. Can these bones become living people again? Not as it naturally possible, but is there potential in what looks ugly? Can I still do something amazing? Can I still work something good? Come on, I need all over this room, if you believe in a God who still can do something good, I need you to praise Him like you believe your God is able to turn something around. Come on, praise Him like you mean it tonight. Can these bones become living people? See, friends, this is important for us to understand because this is really the question that unlocks this entire passage. Jump down with me. If you have a paper Bible, jump down to verse 11. Because in verse 11, this is what the Lord said. He said, then he, that's the Lord, said to me, that's Ezekiel, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, we have become old, dry bones. They are saying, in order to understand the purpose of the prophecy, you've got to look at this very phrase. They are saying. The valley of dry bones is not a real valley of dry bones. You understand that? Ezekiel has been brought into a prophetic vision, and God lets him see what the people are saying. They are saying of themselves, we are old, dry bones. It wouldn't have been out loud communication. This is not like people sitting down and going, you know what, Caleb, I feel like an old dry bone. How about you? Yeah, you feel like an old dry bone too? We're just old dry bones. Look at us. You know, you're in your what, 20s? I'm in my late 20s. <laughs> We're just old dry bones. We're old dry bones. That's what we are. Our hope is gone. Our nation is gone. There is no future for us, no potential for us. It's not out loud communication. This is heart communication. This is what you say to yourself. 
what I say to myself. So the reason why this prophecy is given in Scripture is because of what Israel is saying to themselves. The reason why I want to preach this message tonight is because we're diving into a brand new year. We're diving into a whole new set of opportunities. God's getting ready to do something amazing in your life. I mean, I look at the men and the women that are here in this auditorium this evening, and I think to myself, there are world changers here. There are people with infinite potential. There is gifting, talent, charisma, favor, energy, life, creativity, brilliance. Come on, if you believe that about the people in this room, give your God some praise right now. But I want to ask you tonight, not what is the potential that is over your life, what are you saying about your life? The purpose of this prophecy is God didn't like what they were saying to themselves about themselves. My question for you at the start of 2021 is if God was to articulate your heart's conversation, would God like what you say to yourself about yourself? Is it possible at the start of 2021 that God would not be pleased with what you say about you? Your assessment of you? So as their perspective is, this is who we are. This is what we've become. This is our place in life. God comes and He says, okay, well, if that's how you see yourself, we are all dry bones. Here's my question. Can these bones become living people again? Can what you even think about your perspective of yourself ever change? That failure that you're hanging over yourself that makes you feel ashamed and disappointed and confused, is that the sum total of what God's got for you in your future? Or is there a different outcome? Does it have to be the way that it is? Or could things actually be different? Could that moment that you've been living in eventually become just a, a distant memory as you laugh at the goodness and the abundance of God? I'm here to tell you, this question is for you and for me tonight. Can these bones live again? Can these bones live again? Because the truth is they are saying, we have become old dry bones. And so God is asking, if that's the way you'll see yourself, here's my follow-up question. If that's who you think you are right now, I need to know, do you believe things could ever be different? Do you believe things could ever be different? Anybody got a faith in a God who it doesn't matter how late it is, how desperate the situation, how broken the present, how confounding the problem, how overwhelming the pressure? how confronting the shame, how heinous the sin. Does anybody in this room believe in a God that can turn anything around anytime He chooses? If you believe in that God, lift your voice and praise Him. These bones can live. What I love about Ezekiel, though, sit down, sit down. What I love about Ezekiel is that, let's be honest, this is a holy prophet standing in the middle of a valley filled with dry bones. I mean, we all like to hoop and holler and say, God can turn our situations around, but let's come back to the prophet. 
because maybe that's how you feel tonight. Because as the prophet is looking at the valley of dry bones, he doesn't have the faith that these bones become living people. He just has the wisdom to know that you don't ever tell God what he can't do. So when he's asked the question, can these bones live? Ezekiel is like, well, not feeling too optimistic about it. But Lord, you alone know the answer to that. You alone are the decider of that. I want you to hear this tonight because I believe that this is actually the key that's gonna unlock. In 10 minutes, God's gonna do something so powerful in this room. But if we're gonna move forward, if there is gonna be something so powerful in 10 minutes time, I need you to understand that even though Ezekiel didn't have the faith, didn't have the answers, wasn't a super Christian, that when God said to him, do you think that this is possible? Ezekiel had the smarts to know, and I believe that God wants you to know that all you need to do is to simply open the door. He said, I don't know how this can turn around, but I do know that you can do whatever you want to do. So all I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna acknowledge I'm opening the door. You alone know the answer to that. The circumstances don't decide it, you decide it. The pressure that I'm under, that doesn't decide it, you decide it. The confusion in my heart, that's not what decides it, you decide it. He didn't have the faith. He said, I can't see a way through it, but I know that your ways are higher than my ways. So I'm just opening the door. Friend, I wanna speak to a doubter out there today. I need to preach to somebody in this room who literally is struggling with the notion that God even wants you to believe. And I wanna take you to Mark chapter nine because the Bible tells us in Mark chapter nine, verse 22, Jesus comes down a mountain and there is a father who comes to see him. And this father has sons that have been, a son, sorry, that has been plagued by seizures. The seizures have literally thrown his son into a fire, burned him. Can you imagine that? He's got burns on his body because of the seizures. He's been thrown into water. The kid nearly drowned. And as Jesus comes down, this father runs to Jesus, falls to his knees, and in Mark 9, 22, he said, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Take pity on us and help us. And one thing, one thing that I never want Jesus to do to me, <laughs> one thing that I think would be super awkward, one thing that in any conversation never goes over well, is when you say something to somebody else, and they repeat it back to you with a question mark on the end. I gotta be careful because it cost me five bucks every time I mention my kids, but I just want you to know, I have repeated back to them what they have said to me with a question mark at the end. But here we've got Jesus and the Father says, if you can, if you can, do anything. I mean, if there is a little thing that you could do, do something. If there's anything that you can do, and this is what Jesus does. He repeats the first three words back with a question mark. Verse 23, he said, if you can, if you can, what the heck, what you talking about, Willis? If you can, anything is possible for him who believes. 
Verse 24 is my scripture for somebody in this auditorium who needs to hear. I'm just telling you, you don't have to be a super Christian. I just want you to open the door. I'm not saying you have to walk out of here full of faith and power. I'm just here saying, even if you're a doubter, even if you're a cynic, even if it feels like you don't even have the faith to believe, just have enough, enough of a seed of faith that you could open the door, open the door to your God. Whack three people around you and tell them it's tonight. Open the door. Open the door. Open the door. Open the door. And verse 24 tells us that the Father said to Jesus, powerful words. He said, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. The Father is expressing, I'm not a super Christian. I don't have faith that can move mountains but I'm just opening up the door to you. And I'm here to tell you that somebody under the sound of my voice, you don't need to be a hero of the faith. You don't need to be a perfect Christian. You don't need to have it all together. You just gotta open the door to Jesus. Open the door, open the door, open the door. For this message to work, for this message to work, you don't need to be a hero, a champion. You don't need to be like a faith kind of person but I do need you to acknowledge, despite my confusion, my pain, my pressure, I know God, you're able, you're able, you're able, and I'm opening the door. So in verse four, the Bible tells us that the Lord speaks to him, and he says to him, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. Speak a prophetic message to the dry bones, to your confusing circumstance, to your overwhelming situation, to your failure, to your shame, to your, to your ending, to your chaos, to your confusion. Speak a prophetic message, not a pathetic message, not a social media message, not a clickbait media message. Listen to the word of the Lord. Listen to the word of the Lord. Listen, friend, out there tonight, there's somebody, and listen, you've been letting everybody else speak the word to you. You've been listening to every other word that has been thrown at you. You're hearing from a lot of voices. You're hearing the voice of the media. You're hearing the voice of, the, of other people. You're hearing the voice of social media. You're hearing the voice of Netflix. You're hearing the voice of the devil. Oh, what do you mean, John? Well, the Bible tells us that the primary battlefield we have against the devil is the thoughts that come into our minds. Any thought that is in your mind that does not line up with the absolute truth of God's word is not placed there by heaven. And therefore, by very reference, if it's not from God, it must be from the devil. You've been listening to a lot of voices, letting a lot of things come into your life, into your perspective. And how about tonight, we make the decision not just to listen to every other voice. How about we tell our situation that you can listen to the Word of the Lord. Come on, if you believe it, give God some praise in this place right now. Because no matter what your circumstances might be saying, no matter what your perspective might be, no matter what valley of dry bones you may be in the middle of, you can give your valley of dry bones the word of the Lord. Not just the prophet Ezekiel, but you, my friend, you can speak a word.
to the valley of dry bones. Come on. I mean, think about all the scriptures that God has given to us, and every single one is a word from the Lord. I'm going to throw out just a couple. Romans 8, 28. God makes all things work together for the good of those who love Him and call according to His good purpose. All things work together for the good. So I might be in a situation that is not going the way that I desired, but it doesn't matter what the situation is. God, that's under the coverage of all things. So now God is going to make this situation I didn't want to be in, work to get, put it back up, work together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His good purpose. That's what the Lord is going to do. He's going to take something bad. He's going to take something broken. He's going to turn it around. You can speak the Word of the Lord over whatever's not going right in your life right now. Somebody, somebody praise God in this room right now. Speak the word of the Lord. Chuck the next one up. The next verse tells us, the next verse tells us, the next verse tells us that water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. So it might be a barren place that I'm in right now. There might not be any natural source of water. But the one who decides what comes into my life isn't anything else other than the voice of my God. God can make water gush forth in the wilderness and streams even in the desert. We can keep going. Here we go. Let's go. This, who wants to hear some verses? <laughs> Even in light, darkness shines for the upright. That's Psalm 112. So it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. doesn't matter what's going on with COVID. Even in the middle of darkness, light shines for the upright. Malachi 3.11, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. It doesn't matter what's coming against me. God's going to rebuke it. He's going to break it off my life. Maybe you're feeling weak in this auditorium. Maybe you're feeling like you have no strength. Well, here's Joel 3 verse 10. Let the weak say, I am strong. Isaiah 43 verse 19. Jump down to God makes a way even when there is no way. Come on, give your God some praise if you believe that about Him. See, friend, I need you to understand that if the prophet spoke the word of the Lord over dry bones, we can speak the word of the Lord over whatever it is we're facing in our lives right now. Oh, I need you to understand this. I mean, my son Will is in the second row. That's $5. I remember when he was three and a half years old, he got an autoimmune disease. And I was alone in a hotel room in Melbourne, heard about this autoimmune disease and what it was supposed to represent in his life, the the. The, the, the retarding of his physical development, temporary loss of coordination, all of these negative prognoses that were over his life. So I began at nine o'clock in the evening in Genesis. I finished at four o'clock in the morning in Revelation. And I took every single verse in the scripture that was remotely connected to healing. I didn't even care if it was out of context. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? I think there's a God out there who sometimes it's like, even if it's out of context, in the moment of crisis, just name it and claim it. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, I just prayed, I declare healing over his life. I declare a change over his life. I know this is not going to be the end. I was saying to that autoimmune disease, I've heard the word of the doctor, but autoimmune disease, here's the word of the Lord. Here's the word of the Lord. Come on, my friend, take 2021 and tell it. Listen to the word of the Lord. Broken situation, listen to the word of the Lord. Despondent feelings, listen to the word of the Lord. Health report, listen to the word of the Lord. 
Come on, take whatever's broken in your life and tell it. Listen to the word of the Lord. Oh, see, friends, the thing about this is it's kind of weird. <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, here we've got Ezekiel, and he's in the middle of a valley full of dry bones. And God's saying, preach to the valley. Preach a sermon. Give a prophetic message. Speak to these dry bones and say, listen to the word of the Lord. I used to be a children's pastor. I learned a lot about attention spans and honesty. Adults, when they stop listening to you, look like they're taking notes, but they're actually on Instagram. Children, when they stop listening to you, start talking or moving or both. I mean, I know when I've got an audience, I know when I don't. But Ezekiel is being given unction to preach a message to a bunch of dry bones. His congregation is a, is a valley filled with dry bones. I don't care who you are, that's just straight up weird. Can we agree with that? I mean, his pulpit is a valley. His congregation is disheveled bones. And God is saying to him, speak to the bones, but don't speak to them like they are what they are now. Speak to the bones like they're going to be. You describe something differently from what it is right now. I bet you Ezekiel felt like quite a freak. I bet you he felt like he was out of his skin. That's some weird speech right there. To be giving a message to a valley full of dry bones. Again, I want you in this because we're going to get somewhere in just a couple of minutes. But you need to understand that this didn't feel natural. This didn't feel like it was right. He wasn't preaching what felt comfortable. He was preaching. He was describing something different to how it looked when it was in front of him. And friends, if we are going to bring the Word of the Lord over our lives in 2021... We don't need a bunch of Christians that are describing what is. We need a group of people that are speaking the Word of the Lord over every situation. And it might feel weird. And it might feel like you're out of your skin. And you might feel like you feel like you're a fake. But it doesn't matter how you feel. It matters that the Word of the Lord, when it is uttered, has the power to change a circumstance. Genesis 1 verse 1 tells us that the earth was formless and empty. No structure, no substance. And then the Bible simply says that God spoke. And when God spoke, He said, let there be light. Hold up, four days before the sun and the moon were created. That was on day four. But on day one, God said, let there be light. And the Word of the Lord caused the lights to go on before there was ever a vessel to give the light. If you doubted it for a moment, know it from creation that the Word of the Lord is powerful. And if you believe it, give your God some praise. Let there be light. Let there be a separation of waters. Let, the, let the, the oceans be teeming with living creatures. Let there come animals upon the ground. And God didn't speak to the world as it was, formless and empty. He spoke to the world as He wanted it to be. 
And this should be of no surprise to us because when you read Romans chapter 4, verse 17, we discover that this is very much the way that God talks. Chuck Romans 4, 17 up on the screen. Here it is. The God who gives life to the dead and calls things that aren't as though they already were. So now we understand that this is logical. This makes sense. This is Bible. That the very nature of the way that God communicates is He doesn't just speak to something and call it what it is. He calls it what it will be. He speaks to things that aren't and He talks about them like they're already there. So my friends, what God is wanting you to do in 2021 is not just talk about your year and give a commentary on what you can see. God is wanting you to look over your 2021 and say, this is the word of the Lord. This is what will be. This is what God's got to hit. Oh. Come down in verse 4. In verse 4, let's, let's read it. Let's see what happens. In verse 4, the Bible says, Then God said to me, Speak a prophetic message to these dry bones and say, Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I'm going to put breath into you, make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you. I will cover you with skin. I will put breath in you. You will come to life. Then you will know that I am the word of the, that I am the Lord. Sorry. And Ezekiel. You kind of get this picture of Ezekiel. Like he's kind of just psyching himself up for this. Does anybody else feel like that? Like I feel like it's like Ezekiel is there and God just said to him two verses ago, can these dry bones live? And he's like, I have no idea, but you're God and anything's possible. And then God says to him, speak a message to the bones and gives it to him. Da, 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 da. And the Bible tells us that Ezekiel you kind of get this picture. He's like, okay, okay, here we go, here we go. Oh, yeah, all right. Preacher voice, <laughs> preacher shirt, better get something, you know, gotta get ready, gotta get in the zone. Underarm, gonna sweat a little bit, you know, preaching, so I better get ready. I don't get the picture like he's necessarily full of faith. Just that he has an open door. He's giving it a go. He's saying, I'm gonna speak as I am commanded. And in verse seven, the Bible says, as I spoke this message, I spoke this message just as he told me. And suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley and the bones came together, attached themselves and became skeletons, their muscle and flesh and skin, and they all came together. And you kind of get the feeling like Ezekiel is talking about this, writing about this, like guys, it was the most amazing thing. I obeyed God and this is what happens. And friends, Here's what I want for you in 2021. I don't want you to just talk about your life, your situations, what God's got, or even how you feel, and just be one of those emo 2021 people who wants to vent how they feel right now. I mean, I'm not against having honesty. That's a sermon for another day. But this is a sermon on how you change it. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. We aren't to be bound by the same just emotionalism and fatalism that is plaguing our society. We can speed the word of the Lord. Jesus said if we speed to mountains, the mountains are going to be moved. 
And if you believe that you can speak to mountains and mountains will move, then why don't you give your God some praise in this room right now? Come on, band, come up and join me. You know, it's an interesting thing to note, but in the New Testament, you won't find one single prayer for healing. Not one single prayer for healing. Not like we think of prayer. I mean, when we think of prayer, if Johnny was sick, my prayer for Johnny, the way we think about prayer would be that I would say to Johnny, Lord, I thank you for Johnny. I thank, I thank you that you're with him even though he's sick. And even though there are sores covering his body, I pray that he would feel just a little bit better. Don't you? I hate that prayer. I hate that prayer. I don't want to feel better. I want the, the sores to go. You're like, don't pray for me to feel better. Pray for me that something's going to change. But I hear too many Christians, and their version of prayer is like, Lord, please, if you can, it will be really great. May Johnny just feel a little bit better. And if they normally take five days for the sores to go, how about Johnny's well in three days? Well, you know, I've searched, and in the entire New Testament, you're not going to find a single prayer for healing that sounds anything like that. It's a lot less like they prayed a prayer that you and I know. It's a lot more like they spoke messages to valleys filled with dry bones. Let me give you some New Testament prayers for healing. New Testament prayers for healing sound like this. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Lazarus, come out of that grave. Lame man, pick up your mat and go. Blind man, let your eyes be open. And the man began to see. What we find in our New Testament is that people spoke. And as they spoke, miracles happened because of what they said. And friend, I believe with all my heart that God doesn't want you to be a fatalistic bystander as your life shipwrecks around you. I don't believe that you are determined by your circumstances or that the devil gets to decide the narrative of your life. I believe you can speak, you can speak to your situation and tell your situation. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. If you believe that, stand to your feet in this auditorium and give your God some praise. 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 Come on, praise Him. Speak a message to that situation. See, see. Okay, we're going to have some fun. This is about to, it's about to land. Get ready. Wake five people around you and say, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready. See, when I wrote the series, when I wrote the series, Endings and Beginnings, originally I called this message, See It. Joel, I had a version of this message and it was called See It because God was showing the prophet what could be. And the more I got into this message, I realized that that wasn't the key thing. They are saying, they are saying, we have become old dry bones. And God said, you need to change what they are saying. You need to change what they are saying. And now this message is called Speak It. Because Arise Church, we're declaring over 2021 that this is going to be a year of new beginnings. That this is going to be a year of personal awakenings. That this is going to be a year of undeserved favor. And if you believe God's got something miraculous for you in 2021, 
I want you to take 30 seconds and praise him like you've been taken away by the Holy Spirit. Come on, come on. That's the sound of freedom. That's the sound of breakthrough. I need you guys right now, you guys and girls. Come, I've got a gift for every single person. It's coming out for you right now. Quick, 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 move as fast as you can. And right now, our amazing People Care team are gonna put into your hands one of these beautiful little cards that we put together this year, this week, sorry, this week. Because here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. In 2021, as we start into 2021, we're gonna write down when we get home from this service, seven things I'm speaking over my 2021. I wanna see these on your social media. I want them on Instagram. I'm gonna repost anybody who posts one of these on their story. Make it illegible if you want but I want you to get some things that you are post, that you're believing for, that you're gonna speak over your 2021. And this year, we're gonna believe that the Word of the Lord in our mouths. I don't, I, I'm hoping, God, I, God, I just pray. I pray that this is landing. I pray that this is connecting. Ezekiel felt like he was out of his skin. He felt like it was duplicious and false. He didn't have the faith for it. He didn't naturally feel like it was right. I'm not preaching to a super Christian out there. I'm preaching to a doubter, to a cynic. I want you to understand that God's not looking for you to feel like you're pumped up full of faith and you can move a mountain. God's just looking for you to be like the prophet in the valley, just to say, you know what? Let's give it a go. Has anybody got let's give it a go faith? I said, has anybody got let's give it a go kind of faith? Let's just give it a go. Let's preach a sermon to a valley full of dry bones. Who knows what God can do? This one in every person when you get home, I want you to write down seven things I'm speaking. Seven things I'm speaking over my 2021. I want to give you mine, then we're going to climax and we're going to pray, then God's going to set some people free. But here's mine, here's mine. Number one, I will make strategic leadership decisions that will lead a rise into the greatest impact in our generation. Supernatural doors of undeserved favor will open for a rise church. I will know energy, life, and joy in all seasons of this year. This will be a year of breakthrough for my children, and they will step into all God has for them. My wife will know supernatural health, healing, vitality, and clarity. This will be a year of supernatural revival. Souls will be saved, the church will awaken, the broken will be healed. Sons and daughters will carry a rise into the greatest season of our expansion and influence. Okay, you got mine. Every morning and every evening this week. Come on, you youth at summer camp. Put it in your Bible, put it in your notebook. Every morning, just get out of bed. And before you turn your phone off flight mode, just say, I'm speaking seven things over my 2021. And I promise you, as we begin to speak, 
as we begin to speak. Oh. Oh, take it down, take it down for a second, take it down for a second. Are you ready? Are you ready? I need your help with this next bit. I need your help with this next bit. Especially all you people up there on the rake ceiling because you've got a wooden floor underneath you. But here's what I want you to understand. If you'll change what you're speaking, you can change your life. If you'll change what you're speaking, you can change your life. I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be full of favor. God's going to open up every door. I will be blessed. I'm alive for a reason. My life counts for a purpose. I am a leader. I'm going to see a breakthrough. God's going to bless me. This is not the end. Greater things are still ahead. Man, I feel the Holy Spirit falling on some men in this auditorium. Some young 19, 20-year-old men who are going to rise and say, I'm not bound by my education, by my school, by my background, by my failures, by my mistakes. I'm going to speak the word of the Lord over how I feel, over every situation. And my life is going to be a life that counts for God's eternal plan. If you believe that, give God some praise.